Ole Miss has honestly had one of those weeks that you hope for, but they could have one of those weeks that you dream about. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege, and when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that's all one word, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Hit subscribe if you don't mind. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Major, major news has hit. We we did our post-spring reviews by position groups. And we rated cornerback like a C or something like that. But we said if Deshaun Gaddy gets to Ole Miss, that automatically goes up in the B, B-minus range. It raises the level of that room. And you know what? Deshaun Gaddy has committed to the University of Mississippi. Our friends over at On3 at the Ole Miss Spirit talked about him and they confirmed that he enrolled. So Deshaun Gaddy has enrolled at Ole Miss, assumingly he's going to be on the football team. He may have just been transferring to learn about Western civilization for all we know. But no, seriously, he's probably going to join the football team and be fine. He's a former all-conference player from Conference USA at North Texas, the Mean Green um, good player. He's a DeAndre Prince-style cornerback. If you want to look at his statistics, opponents completed less than 50% of their passes against him. Um, only five touchdowns, five, 15 pass breakups, three penalties. I'm assuming that is pass interference. That's kind of important. If you look at their defensive grades, as a senior, I'm going to call him a senior because he's getting a COVID year, it looks like. Nearly 85 is what he graded at. That's a really good number. He is a really good cornerback, and Ole Miss is probably going to be better off for getting him. But if you look at um, he was targeted 68 times, only 33 of those was completed. Now, the average yards per catch is 13.2. I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll see what's going on. Whenever you kind of poured through advanced statistics numbers, He's really good in pass coverage, decent ball skills, not the best tackler in the world, but I'm assuming that'll change. A lot of that is just the fact that he's a cornerback. I mean, everybody made fun of Deion Sanders back in the day for not being a tackler and making business decisions and things like that. He's only the greatest cornerback that has ever lived. So I don't know how much I want to take that tackling number down pad. He lined up outside as a corner most of the time. He is somebody that will probably be a field corner or, I don't know, maybe a boundary corner if they do stuff like that. I have to dig into what Pete Golding does and what he looks and certain things. Some people want big physical types to line up to the short side of the field so they can physical up and make it hard and there's less ground to cover. So it might be a good place for Zamari Walton, a transfer from Georgia Tech. And in that case, Deshaun Gaddy will go to the field side 
where his athleticism can take over a little bit more in this age of spread offenses. So just something for you to look forward to and think about as we get closer to magazine season because, honestly, magazine season, that's probably the next thing, the next big thing on the calendar is when the Athlons and Lindys come out at the first part of June. But Deshaun Gaddy essentially takes care of one position group room. It's done for 2023, for better or worse. Is it where it needs to be? No, it, everything can be improved. Is it a liability? No. We're going to look at this room in a position to where it can make plays. It can do what it needs to do. If the offense holds serve, the cornerback room will be interest, instrumental in Ole Miss winning football games. We're going to talk in segment three about how um, – the defensive line group could get a lot better. We're going to talk in segment two about what the offense is going to do. This is kind of a transfer portal episode. We're going to talk about the portal. Um, you know, technology got us. We were going to have a Jared Ivey segment, technology got us. So we're trying to set that up for a little bit later. But with the Keon Coleman stuff, it's interesting because all of this stuff is tied in. That's the important thing to realize. You can look at these individual rooms and what's going on, but it's all a part of a bigger scheme, both the defense as a whole and the team as a whole. So they do need to be complementary to different positions on the team. Deshaun Gaddy, I love this pickup. Absolutely love this pickup. He is, like I said, a DeAndre Prince-type cornerback. You also have Zamari Walton, John Saunders, and the um, kid from Liberty that has um, – that is available that can line up outside. So it should be really cool indeed. Anyway, today I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. That's right. It is the most comfortable shorts I have ever worn. Period. Bar none. End of story. And just so everybody knows, a few years ago I had brain surgery. Massive brain surgery, and the doctor told me that for the rest of my days, I was going to need to be able to walk because the less I exercise, the more wobbly I become because part of my surgery was losing half of my balance. So I could not pass a DUI test, um, completely dead sober right now. But I walk morning, I walk afternoons, I walk nights, every day, three plus miles a day. And I use bird dog shorts to go out and do it because you need them to be comfortable. You need them to be consistent. You need them shorts to not have surprises to where you're uncomfortable a mile and a half into your walk. Bird dogs is consistent. Bird dogs can be counted on. And because of that, I recommend them to everybody. It's one of those things that I think in the comments below over the next couple of days, somebody is going to talk about bird dog shorts and so go to birddogs.com slash college And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that's all one word, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. It's comfortable. It's, it's really good, and I can't recommend it enough, honestly. And if you go to birddogs.com, you can look around and see exactly what they have. But it's extremely comfortable shorts. They also have pants as well, but I don't wear pants because I'm in Florida. It's my goal to not wear pants. You know, just kind of it's what it is. 
Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day or is tomorrow on the show, we will continue to talk about Trey Harris, potentially. We're not doing him today. We're going to push him to tomorrow about him when wide receiver because today kind of became a transfer portal day for better or for worse. It just kind of happened. It just kind of is what it was, you know. And part of that is we had the commitments in, over the weekend and had Akella Stone from Georgia Tech. And now it could get even better, okay? Today is Keon Coleman's birthday. And according to, you know, several podcasts I heard, today is his birthday. And the rumor going around Ole Miss Sports is that he's going to announce on his birthday. Now, is he? I don't know. But that seems like as good of a way to figure it out than any. Now, Ole Miss is probably one of the favorites to land him, but it's transfer portal recruiting, which means you never know. You have an idea. You may have heard something. You're probably, um, if it was high school recruiting, you'd be 80% sure of what you say. In transfer portal recruiting, you're just a shade over 50% sure. And if you go online on On3 or whatever and look at crystal balls, it looks good with Keon Coleman and Ole Miss. But you never really know. And the thing that I want to talk about real quick is that Monday we put the chart out there on Jackson Dart as far as numbers that were important for Jackson and where his strengths were and where his weaknesses were and passes on the field, just analytically looking at how does he look like when he throws the ball deep left, deep center, deep right, stuff like that. Well, unbeknownst to me, whenever I started to go down that rabbit hole, I started to look at this for wide receivers as well. And what I found is Keon Coleman is the perfect wide receiver for Jackson Dart. Do you know why? If you look in that top middle and that second middle, the two top middle ones, those are two of Keon's best zones, which means that A, contested catches and in traffic, Keon Coleman does a really good job with the football. That develops trust with the quarterback. That opens up that area of the field to be used. And also his highest grade, he has strong hands, nice catch radius, and he's comfortable over the middle of the field. He's six hundred, six foot four. He he he's a larger wide receiver. So his strength, mixed with Jackson's weakness, should raise the effectiveness of this offense even more than Chris Marshall would have, because these numbers would not have been the same for Chris Marshall. Chris Marshall would not have been this wide receiver. And I've heard, like I said, I've heard stories over and over and over again, okay? I've heard that Keon wants to go to Ole Miss, and I've heard this rumor and that rumor, and I've heard tons of rumors, for all from people that don't normally have rumors, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. But the one thing I think you can count on in this whole situation and I think this is honestly true. And that is, I think Keon wants to be here. And if Keon can't get that LSU offer for whatever reason, because if he's a Louisiana kid, if he gets an LSU offer, the calculus changes. It just does. 
But if he doesn't get that LSU offer, I think Ole Miss is the position that he wants to be at in this career. He has one year to go. Shoot his gun, go to the NFL. That is what I think he wants to do. Jackson Dart wants to have a massive year this year. 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, go to the NFL. He needs to be clear in the middle of the field, obviously, to handle that. And if you look at the way this team is set up this year, this would be a more important fit than what Chris Marshall was when Chris Marshall signed. This would be closer to the sure thing that everybody hopes for in recruiting than anybody else that has come to Ole Miss in the transfer portal. That includes Jackson. That includes Spencer Sanders. That includes Walker Howard. That includes Zach Evans. This kid could change the trajectory of Ole Miss in 2023. And let me explain why. Everybody's like, okay, just rolling their eyes at stick. If Keon Coleman comes to Ole Miss, it is a guarantee that the defense is going to slant and focus on him and pass coverage all the time. Linebackers also have to look at the top running back in the nation in Quinshawn Judkins. So you've already got split attention from the wide receiver group. You have Michael Trigg, who is potentially one of the most outstanding athletic tight ends to play college football. Now he needs to do it, but he can do it. He is that player that if you lose sight of him, he can really burn you. So if you look at where these players are going to live, you have Keon Coleman over here, Quinshawn Judkins over here, Michael Trigg over here, and then, you know, Caden Priestcorn, that's, you can do that as well. But you also have Trey Harris, who is an all-conference USA wide receiver of his own right. You have Caden Priestcorn. You have athletes all over the field. So the defense, once they split attention, because they're going to have to, either that or they're just going like, okay, we have got to take Quinshawn away. Well, then, that just means that Keon Coleman has single coverage. Trey, Trey um, Harris, single coverage. Michael Triggs, single coverage. And they are going to eat you up. And that is the scenario for Jackson Dart to have that huge year. But when, when all of a sudden, the traffic in the middle of the field gets sucked in because they're trying so hard to take away Quinshawn Judkins. And all of that space and that linebacker blindness in the middle of the field allows Jackson Dart to be confident. All of a sudden, Michael Triggs starts making plays. The free safeties start creeping up. Trey Harris starts going by them. It's not hard what this offense does. This is, this is a simple offense. They use the jet sweep the inside zone and the quarterback run game to make the linebacker think about going left and right and coming forward to stop the line of scrimmage. It's going to be always on their brain because if they're not quick, all of a sudden the hole gets opened up and a five-yard game becomes a 10-yard game. The wide receivers, they were playing slot, slot receiver and tight end. They are designed for that space behind the linebackers. So whenever they come up to stop the run, that creates more space for them. It's a built-in RPO. The safeties, to prevent them from coming up and closing that space as well, 
are speed guys on the outside and players on the outside that are going to make the free safeties concerned because their rule always is deeper than the deepest. That is something that coaches will say over and over again, deeper than the deepest. So if you can make them really concerned to where they immediately going back, that accordion will open up behind the linebackers and in front of the safeties and there will be receivers running wide open. That is the secret to this offense. Not hard. But they're so varied. They're so RPO-centric. They force the defense to do things. They can't be right. And that is why we harp on the stuff we harp on. Because if you take anything away from this offense, let's say it's in there's three and a half minutes left in the game and everybody wants this offense to slow down and run four-minute football. Offense isn't going to be as effective because tempo is a part of the calculus for what makes this offense effective. It's not going to be that. It's, it, it, this offense has to be all gas, all breaks, no breaks, all the time. When it's not, it's not going to be as effective as it would have been. More time to process what's going on means SEC-level linebackers are going to be able to do their job more effectively. You need to cut down the decision-making time. You need to stress them that way. You need to stress them side to side, front to back, to where they're false stepping all over the place. Then you have a running back that can take a full-on hit and his lateral movement is enough to make it a glancing blow. Taking a glancing blow and turning it into a missed tackle. He has that ability. He's just such a special back. And make no mistake, every team that Ole Miss plays, they're going to walk in with number four circled. We have to stop Quinshawn. And the way that we make Quinshawn more effective would be a Keon Coleman on the outside would be a Trey Harris, Michael Trigg, Caden Priestcorn, that group, Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, J.J. Henry. Those players have a chance to add extra options that can stress that defense even more, that will make Quinshawn more effective, that will make the passing game more effective and make this offense elite. So when you hear me talk about what can happen, that's why. That is me showing my work to what this offense can do. Now, injuries and lack of execution can happen. There are holes in their game that need to be worked on. But the top level of this offense is completely special. Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk about more transfer portal targets across both sports that are names kind of to know over the next couple of weeks. It feels like we are winding down on the transfer portal. So stick around. Thanks for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. Make sure we are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Upvote the video itself and comment down below. We'd appreciate it very much. So the transfer portal, it feels like it's kind of starting to wind down. You're going to have players that trickle in all the way up until probably the summer session when fall camp is. But... It feels like for Ole Miss, it's kind of winding down. And it's got to the point where Stephon Wynn 
from Nebraska, formerly of Alabama. He is transferring, and he, it looks like he could announce at some point this week. We might be on commitment watch for that. Isaac Ukwu is announcing this week, potentially. Um, we're still waiting on that one. And those are kind of the two names behind, besides Keon Coleman that the football team is actually looking at. At least that's the names that we've heard. There could always be a surprise. It's this transfer portal recruiting. It just kind of is what it is. But those are the three names that we are watching. And if you think about it, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. The defensive back room, kind of in good shape right now. Cornerbacks and safeties, even though there's questions abound and they're going to have to be answered, you can see exactly what they're doing and what they're trying to do. Will it work? I don't know. But you can see what they're trying to do. Linebackers. You're pretty much running with a two deep at the two linebacker positions because essentially this is a 4-2-5, 3-3-5 defense where that linebacker defensive end is actually that jack position is, is kind of a hybrid of both potentially. But, you know, Ashante C. Strunk, Kari Coleman, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, or Jean, like I said, if I butcher your name, I'm sorry, and Monty Montgomery, a linebacker. We're in good shape. And then you add into the fact that Santarian Perkins is coming into the fold for that room. All right, we're in good shape there. I'm happy there. Well, maybe happy, strong, but you know what I mean. So that leaves the defensive line, and we've talked about the defensive line about how the front, the starters line of the defensive line, they are good. They're, they're fine. I would take them over a good number of teams in the Southeastern Conference, seriously. The, the, the top-level defensive line of Cedric Johnson, J.J. Begues, Josh Harris, and um, Jared Ivey, I, I would probably take that group over most. So, when we're talking about defensive line, when we're talking about depth, depth, we had Akella Stone from Georgia Tech, a three technique, transfer in over the weekend. Perfect. Yeah, Stephon went a three technique, transferring in. So you have a chance to make that interior of the defense really, really strong. It's one of those situations like, hey, do you want the elite player or do you want four good players? And it looks like since they're looking for depth, they're just looking for a certain type of person, almost like a body. And that is nothing derogatory against anybody that they're looking at. But what they need is to infuse the talent to that room. You're not looking for a starter. You're not looking for somebody to beat out J.J. Pegues. You're looking for somebody to beat out um, Jamon Gordon. And then you have Isaac Ukwu from James Madison, who I think it is between Missouri and Ole Miss, if I read that correctly. Um, we'll see exactly how that goes. Now, nobody should poo-poo Missouri at all in this situation. This is one of those weird cases um, that they win. Now, they, yeah, they got Luther Burden last year. You know, so I'm, I'm not going to just chalk this up as a win, but it looks like it's in pretty good shape at the moment. Him and Stephon win, honestly. And if Ole Miss lands, um, Keon Coleman, Isaac Ukwu, Steph, um, Stephon win, 
This has become a dream late transfer portal window for Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. It's becoming a little bit too good, if you think about it. A little bit, you know, really, really happy to where you see where everything has been built up. Now, we'll see how they do in the fall because the fall, the spring was about install, in my opinion. It was about install because this is a fairly complex defense, especially if they're bringing in a lot of stuff that was done in Alabama. But the fall one, the fall camp, is going to be about, hey, quick install, let's kind of continue the growth. And you're going to see people in the um, summer, in June, and July, they're working together to try and figure out what needs to do. There's technique that needs to happen. There's a lot of, even though they're playing man defense, there's kind of some matchup zone principles in this defense. So they can handle, they can take handoffs, if you will, in the secondary. So we'll see exactly what happens. I'm looking forward to it um, indeed. It should be really, really fun. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show, Derek Vandegriff. Weekend tease for baseball. Yes, I, I know. But we'll also talk about Ole Miss in the minor leagues and other stuff just to have a conversation back and forth as well. Hope everybody had a good day, is ready for this weekend to get here as soon as possible. And we're getting close to magazine season, which is getting us close to media days, which is getting us close to camp, which is getting us close to the season. That's what it looks like at this point. We are getting close to football season. I am very, very excited. Anyway, I've been Stephen Willis. This has been the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I hope everybody has a good day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.